Blog Talk Radio. You are the Lego, Lego heavyweight. You are the Lego. been for you, we would not be here. We open our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety. And did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence. Because we know where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified, that you might be glorified. That your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God. Life eternal life God we pray oh God today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you Lord bind the hand of the devil God rebuke the hand of the enemy Lord God let your anointing that resonates in this place even now 
God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, and give us a refilling, Lord, that when we leave here today, Lord, huh? we can leave with your anointing, Lord, huh? that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, huh? they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. Huh? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Huh? We thank you because you are a healer. Huh? You're the God that healeth thee, huh? and healing is in your wings, huh? and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. Huh? You're able to save our troubled souls, huh? and in the name of Jesus, huh? bind every demon, Lord, huh? every demonic force, Lord. Huh? God, that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord, because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before, we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find, God, solutions to this chaotic world, God, we're looking to you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth up and give the Lord some praise.
Dixon on the saxophone. I believe there are many ways to worship. Amen. We worship with our words. We worship with our instruments. We can worship with our entire bodies. My only prayer is that it's pleasing to the Lord. That's our only prayer. Only prayer that pleases you, though. There ain't no for the hopeless sinner who hurt all mankind just to save his own. Have pity on those, Lord, whose chances grow thinner. There ain't no hiding place from the kingdom throne, yeah. So people get ready. There's a train. Just thank the Lord, Leroy. 
time, dude. Take your time. You know, I'm talking about worship. And right here is my good friend David Watson plays the flute as well as the saxophone. In fact, he considers himself more of a flute player even still than a sax player. At least that's what your old man said. This is your turn, man. Sing on to the Lord a new song. is a dying man to dying men and women and youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. And I will tell you things that you will misunderstand. 
And I will tell you things that make you so angry with me. And I'll tell you things that you will deny. Because if I correctly interpret this passage of Scripture that I'm going to give you, it is as though God were speaking through a man. And your problem will not be with me. It will be with God and His Word. So the only question that really has to be decided here this afternoon is, is this man before us a false prophet? Or is he telling us the truth? And if he is telling us the truth, then nothing else matters except conforming our lives to that truth. Matthew chapter 7 Verse 13, Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. Did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I stand here today. I'm not troubled in my heart about your self-esteem. I'm not troubled in my heart about whether or not you feel good about yourself, whether or not life is turning out like you want it to turn out, or whether or not your checkbook is balanced. There's only one thing that gave me a sleepless night. There's only one thing that troubled me all throughout the morning, and that is this. Within a hundred years, a great majority of people in this building will possibly be in hell. And many who even profess Jesus Christ as Lord will spend an eternity in hell. What you need to know is that salvation is by faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ. And faith alone in Jesus Christ is preceded and followed by repentance. A turning away from sin. A hatred for the things that God hates and a love for the things that God loves a growing in holiness and a desire not to be like Britney Spears, not to be like the world, and not to be like the great majority of American Christians, but to be like Jesus Christ. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. I didn't come here to get amen. I didn't come here to be applauded. I'm talking about you. Do you know what the Bible tells Christians to do? Examine yourself. 
test yourself in light of Scripture to see if you are in the faith. The Bible says in the prophets that even our greatest works are like filthy rags before God. And because of that, you know what we deserve. The wrath of God. The holy hatred of God. You say, now wait a minute. God doesn't hate anybody. God is love. No, my friend. You need to understand something. Jesus Christ taught, the prophets taught, the apostles taught this. That apart from the grace of God revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord, the only thing left for you is the wrath, the fierce anger of God. Because of your rebellion and your sin. When I speak in universities, they're always quick to point out, no, God cannot hate because God is love. And I tell you, God must hate because God is love. You see, I love children, therefore I hate abortion. If I love that which is holy, I must hate that which is unholy. God is a holy God. That's something that the Americans have forgotten. Now listen to me. If you're saved here tonight, you're not saved because the Romans and Jews rejected Jesus. You're not saved because they put a crown of thorns on his head. You're not saved because they ran a spear through his side. And you're not saved even because they nailed him to a cross. Do you know why you're saved if you are saved? Because when Jesus Christ was hanging on that cross, He bore your sin, the sin of God's people. And all the fierce wrath of God that should fall upon you fell upon His only begotten Son. People say the cross is a sign of how much man is worth. That's not true. The cross is a sign of how depraved we really are. That it took the death of God's own Son. The only thing that could save a people like us death of God's own Son, under the wrath of His own Father, paying the price, rising again from the dead, powerful to save. This is the gospel of Jesus. Conversion is not like a flu shot. Oh, I did that. I repented. I believe. The question is, my friend, are you continuing to repent of sin? Are you continuing to believe because he who began a good work in you will finish it. The Bible never teaches that a person can be a genuine Christian and live in continuous carnality and wickedness and sin all the days of their life. But the Bible teaches that the genuine Christian has been given a new nature. The genuine Christian has a father who loves them and disciplines them and watches over them and cares for them. Jesus indicates that one of the principal signs of being a genuine Christian is that you walk in the narrow way. Now, I'm, am I saying that a Christian is without sin? No, because in 1 John we learn that Christians do sin. And if any man does not acknowledge his sin, he knows not God. He's not walking in the light. So what is the difference? What am I really getting at? What am I getting at is this. If you are genuinely a born-again Christian, a child of God, you will walk in the way of righteousness as a style of life. And if you step off that path of righteousness, the Father will come for you. He will discipline you. He will put you back on that path. But if you profess to have gone through the narrow gate and yet you live in the broad way just like all the other people in your high school, just like all the other people who are carnal and wicked. The Bible wants you to know that you should be terribly, terribly afraid. What we have forgotten to believe is that salvation is a supernatural work of God. 
and those who have genuinely been converted, regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit is going to be a new creature. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. One of the greatest distinguishing marks of a false prophet is that he will always tell you what you want to hear. He will never rain on your parade. He will get you clapping. He will get you jumping. He will make you dizzy. He will keep you entertained. And he will present a Christianity to you that will make your church look like a six flags over Jesus. You will know them by their roots. How do you know that you're saved? How do you truly know you were saved? Because someone told you? Because you prayed a prayer? Because you believe? Well, let me ask you a question. How do you know you believe? Because everybody says they believe. How do you know you're not like them? Do you know how the Bible teaches you that you know you are saved? No, you have to be saved because your life is in a process of being changed and your style of life is one of walking in the paths of God's truth and when you step off those paths in disobedience as we all do God comes for you and puts you back on the path and what is the fruit that you're bearing do you look like the world act like the world do you have and experience the same joys that the world experiences can you love sin and relish it can you love rebellion and relish it then you know not God. Let me take it a little further. Let's imagine that I show up late and I run up here on the platform and, and the, every, all the leaders are angry with me. They said, Brother Paul, don't you appreciate the fact you're giving the opportunity to speak here and you come late? And I said, Brother, you have to forgive me. Well, why? Well, I, I was out here on the highway and I was driving and I had a flat tire and, and I got out to change the tire and when I was changing the tire, the lug nut fell off and I wasn't paying attention that I was on the highway and I ran out and I grabbed the lug nut, and as soon as I picked it up in the middle of the highway, I stood up, and there was a 30-ton logging truck going 120 miles an hour, about 10 yards in front of me, and it ran me over, and that's why I'm late. You would say, Brother Paul, it's absolutely absurd. It is impossible, Brother Paul, to have an encounter with something as large as a logging truck and not be changed. And then my question would be to you, what is larger, a logging truck or God? How is it that so many people today profess to have had an encounter with Jesus Christ and yet they are not permanently changed? You will know them by their fruit. And he says, anyone who does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. What is he talking about? My dear friend, he is talking about the judgment of Almighty God that will one day fall upon the world. That will one day fall possibly upon you. Verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. You does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. This fellow who is making this profession, he is not someone who just all of a sudden decided it's judgment and I better profess Him to be Lord. This is a person who emphatically declares to other people that Jesus Christ is Lord. He walks around saying Lord. He dances up in front while the musicians are playing saying Lord. He sings the songs Lord. But Jesus said to him, Depart from me. I never knew you. 
There are many people who are going to profess Lord, Lord, but they are not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. My dear, precious child, are you one of them? Look what it says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. What is the sign that someone has become a genuine Christian? I wish that we would start teaching this again. What happened to our theology? What happened to our doctrine? What happened to our teaching? It went right out the window. No one wants to study doctrine anymore. They just want to listen to songs and read the back of Christian t-shirts. What happened to truth? Truth tells you this. The evidence, the way that you can have assurance that you are genuinely a born-again Christian is that you do, as a style of life, the will of the Father. You say, oh, you're talking about works. No, I'm not. I'm talking about evidence of faith. How do you know that that faith you have is not false? A style of life that is concerned about doing the will of the Father, that practices the will of the Father, and when you disobey the will of the Father, the Holy Spirit comes and reprimands you, either personally, through the written Word of God, through a brother or sister in Christ, and God puts you back on the path again. If you can play around in sin, if you can love the world and love the things of the world, if you can always be involved in the world and doing things of the world, if your heroes are worldly people, if you want to look like them and act like them, if you practice the same things they practice, oh, my dear friend, listen to my voice. There's a good chance you know not God and you do not belong to Him. Verse 22, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in Your name? And in Your name cast out demons? And in Your name perform many miracles? Then I will declare to them, I never knew You. You say the most important thing on the face of the earth is to know Jesus Christ. That is not true. The most important thing on the face of the earth is that Jesus Christ knows you. If I'm not going to get into the White House tomorrow because I walk up to the gate and tell everybody I know George Bush. But they will let me in if George Bush comes out and says, I know Paul Washington. You can profess to know Jesus, but my question for you, does Jesus know you? There are two ways. There's a narrow way and a broad way. Which one are you on? There are two types of trees. There is a good tree that bears good fruit going to heaven. There's a bad tree and you know it's bad because it bears bad fruit and it's going to hell. It's going to be cut down and thrown into the fire. There are those who profess Jesus as Lord and they do the will of the Father who is in heaven. And there are those who profess Jesus Christ as Lord and they do not do the will of the Father who is in heaven and they go to hell. Not because of a lack of works, but because of a lack of faith demonstrated by the fact that they have no works. Let's get down. What does the Word of God say? How does your life stand in front of that blazing fire which is the holiness of God on that final day, beloved, precious little girl, beloved, precious young man, on that final day will your confession hold true. You need to know. You need to say, okay, how am I supposed to live before my parents? Go into the Word, find out, obey it. How am I supposed to dress? Go into the Word, find out, and obey it. How am I supposed to talk? What am I supposed to listen to? Bring every thought, word, and deed into subjection to Jesus Christ. I don't wish the same things your parents want for you. They want for you security and insurance and nice homes. They want for you cars and respect. I want for you the same thing I want for my son. That one day he takes a banner at 
the banner of Jesus Christ and he places it on a hill where no one has ever placed the banner before and he cries out, Jesus Christ is Lord, even if it costs my son his life. Oh, when he's 18 years old, if he says to me the same thing I said when I was a young man, I'm going into the mountains. I'm going into the jungle. And they say, you can't go there. You're insane. It's a war. You're going to die. I'm going. And that little boy puts on that backpack. I'm going to pray over him and say, go. Go. God be with you. And if you die, my son, I'll see you over there and I'll honor your death. Your life honor Jesus Christ. Hallelujah this morning, the shocking sermon of Paul Washer. And every now and then, I like to uh, play this throughout the week because it blesses me to remember that true walk with Jesus Christ, the son of the true and living God, the God that have all power, Jehovah. There's no greater power than he is. And so throughout the week, listening to this message and the message of trust in God, it's a great thing because it keeps us in a place with God where we need to be. And the scripture says, how can two walk together except they agree? So I must agree with him and continue to walk with him. Sarita, uh, where you at? I'm going to get with you in a few minutes. I'm going to need you to um, turn your cash app on. Uh I thank God this morning that he's able. I thank him that he's on our side today in spite of us. I thank him that he's looking beyond our fault and yet meeting our needs. But we must line up with his word. Whatever his word says, this is what we must do. If we would be faithful unto him, he would give us a crown of life that will never fade away. But how many of us are truly faithful unto God? I, I'm trying. Yeah, I, I'm like Apostle Paul. I'm striving <laughs> for perfection. I'm, I'm working on the true building, the true foundation. I'm, I'm working on me because I need to get it right with him. I often remember he's coming back looking for his church without spot or wrinkle. And I need him to help me to get the spots and the wrinkles out of me so that I will be ready when he comes looking for me. I will look like him. He will know me because I'm identical to him. I was sharing with a sister last night, listen, we, we, we're not going to have pity parties. We, we're not going to look back at our past. And what shoulda, coulda, woulda, we're not going to go there. But what we're going to do is stay in what the Word said. <laughs> Hallelujah. He didn't say have a pity party. Eating pitiful potato chips and drinking pitiful punch. I got me a big slice of this old pitiful cake. No. He said this, I do all things through Christ who strengthened me. 
He said, I can look to the hills from which cometh my help. All of my help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. He said, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper, but I've got to believe this. And I can't keep looking back in the pitiful parts of my life. I got to gird up the loins of my mind in him. I got to say what he said. I got to do what he did. I got to remember what he remembered. I got to pray. I got to hang on to the word, hold on to the word, stay in the word. I, I have to sing songs of Zion. I may have to fast, but I can't be fasting for my flesh. I got to be fasting for spiritual things, things that would make my flesh come under subjection. That's what I'm fasting for. I'm not fasting because I want the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy. I want the brand new car. I want a better paying job. I want more money. No, I'm fasting so that my inner man, my spiritual man, my flesh know it, know him, and my flesh gonna come under subjection to the right. A lot of people they like all that kind of stuff. Oh, baby, I'm so sorry to hear that and pat me and burping you and getting your bottle and you're just so pitiful and foolishness. God gave us power, power. One more time for it. Power, love, and a sound mind. Now, if you don't have this, I want you to seek for the Holy Ghost. I want you to ask God for it. Pray for it. Ask somebody to pray for you to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a gift that God gives to his people that will keep you in the deepest, darkest moments of your... Hey, glory. Hey, glory. Thank you, Lord. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Ha. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you today, God. Thank you. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. When you think of the worst thing that happened to you in your life, you begin to praise God. Because you see it as a testimony. The, the worst thing, the deepest, darkest secret that you got, you won't hold it as a secret no more because you realize God has brought me out. I'm going to tell this because somebody else is holding a deep, dark secret, but they need to know God is the deliverer today. God won't deliver us, but we won't allow him. Yeah. God hanged for our hiccups. He hanged for our hiccups, for our holding. And we don't have to sit around being pitiful and having people patting you. I, I, I saw a movie called Rosewood. And this woman lied. <laughs> lied and called a big corruptus. Called Rosewood to be burned down, tore up. And she told her husband, I don't want to see nobody. I'm just so, I'm just so hurt and so sad and pitiful. I just don't. These ladies came to the door, and she's already let them in. They rushed in her. Oh, you poor, poor thing. Oh, you poor. She just eating all of that up. That's your flesh. That's not the spirit of God. He gives us strength where we're weak. 
He has given us power even to speak those things that are not as though they were. He gave us the spirit to the, 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 the rebuke and to bind and to cast back to the pits of hell. But we don't use these tools. We sit around wanting to be pitiful, standing screaming, Jesus, Jesus, I know him. He's this. I know what his word said. One thing I know about it. Let me tell you what you need to know. You need to know how to bring your flesh under subjection. Because that devil will get you every time. You hear me? That devil will have you thinking out in left field. That devil will have you thinking some crazy stuff that you can't believe that you thought of that when you come back to your right mind, if you remember what his word says. That devil will have you lying. He'll have you accusing the brethren. Won't be the devil. It'll be your flesh accusing others that's praying for you, been praying for you, trying to help you. Thank you, Brother Lewis. Jesus is the baptizer, Luke 3 and 16. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I come, the latches of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Luke 3 and 16. Thank you again, Brother Louis. If you're looking in Acts 2, chapter 2, it's going to tell you when the day of Pentecost was fully come. It was all in one place on one accord at one time. That promise, which was the Holy Ghost, God promised to send him a comforter. He sent it back. And we got to have it today. We're going to talk about that tomorrow, but we got to have it today. <laughs> the Holy Ghost. And let him abide. Let him lead and guide us in the right path for the, the name's sake of God. His name is on it. He's going to do it. His name is on it. His name carries clout. His name is powerful. Hey, God. Thank you, Jesus. But we got to stop ourselves and stop the flesh. Bring that flesh under subjection. You can make your flesh behave. People diet and lose weight. Why? They brought their flesh under subjection, and they made their flesh behave. And how they did it was they desired, I'm no longer going to eat fatty foods. I'm not going to eat anything fried. I'm not going to eat any extra sweets. I'm not going to eat all the sugar. I'm going to lose weight. And they do it. Mind made up. And with God, it take a well-made up mind. Yeah. He gave you the power. You don't have to have willpower. God gave you power. And if we don't know how to activate it, ask God to teach us how to activate the power that he gave us that this flesh can come under subjection. And it's all right already this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So we got to stop playing the role. Stop playing the believing role, the saints of God. We playing. Let's stop. Let's get real with God. Let's get in his word and let his word us. Let's walk according to his word. Let's walk in the spirit of God that we don't fulfill the lust of our flesh. Listen to this when he's coming back. He made a promise. I've never known him to break a promise. He said he's coming back. And he's looking for the church, his church, without spot or wrinkle. He said he was going away to prepare you that where he is, you may be also one day. He want to take us back with him. 
want us to go back to glory with him. But we can't go back if we pull up our flesh. If we daily walking in the flesh all the time, everything is about the flesh, the natural, the flesh, what I feel, what I think, what I want. No, we got to walk in the spirit. We got to let this flesh go. What I want don't matter. What God say he needs. He needs his church to get right. We're the church. He needs his people to get right. He needs his people to think on these things. I can be delivered if I go to God. I can receive the spirit if I go to him, if I believe, if I talk to him. If I have a desire to do what he wants done. If I can learn to love him. With everything I got, my whole heart, my body, my soul, my mind, everything, if I can learn to love him. And I'm asking him for his spirit. And I'm asking him to teach me how to allow his spirit to lead and guide me in the right path for his name's sake. It's no more about you. No more about what lifestyle you're used to. I'm not going to waste my money in a lifestyle to prove to you that I'm used to a lifestyle. Because I have his spirit living in me. I can live in the hut with the two palm trees. Do you hear what I say? I can live in a hut with two palm trees. Because I got him. And great is he that lives within me than he that is in the world. Because if I need more than a hut and two palm trees, he's able to supply it. According to his riches and glory by his son, Christ Jesus. He owned everything and everybody, including that devil. But I got to believe this and let go so that God can come in and fix whatever I need to have done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God for freedom. I thank God that his son set me free and whom the son set free is free indeed. Thank you, Brother Louis, Luke 11 and 13. If ye then can be an evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Are we asking him? Are we asking him for the Holy Spirit? Lord, fill me today. Baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Make me over again. Wash me over again in your precious blood and fill me with your spirit. I want to be about you. I want to be about your business. Because we run so far and then we stop. Given to the swift, not the strong, but the one that endures to the end. And when we stop, we don't stop thinking of God that we run in this race. And run it with patience. We stop to look and see what our flesh is talking about. Yeah. I often have said, and I know people say I'm crazy, but I have often said, I wish everybody could have got a little visit to prison so they could learn some things. It'll teach you patience of Job, you hear me? Because basically everything you got, get brother, is given to you. Even time is given to you. We wake up every morning and we do what it is we want to do. We go to work, we eat breakfast, or we stay home, we cook, we clean, we whatever we want in the run of a day. 
But in that, the day is planned for you. Your day is planned. And you're going to follow those plans to the letter. And when you get free time, even your free time really is planned. You can do basically what you want in your free time, but you only have so much time to do it. Yeah. It'll teach us some self-discipline. And that's what we need today. Self-discipline. Hallelujah. I wanted to share that a little bit this morning. We need to know God for God. We need to go back to him. The songwriter wrote a song that says we need to go back to the good old way. I get on my knees and pray. I used to go to church on Sunday. But now I've been all day. I need to go back. I need to go back to the good old ways. And I'm not necessarily just talking about the tradition that man taught. But I'm talking about the tradition of going back to the old path, looking around to make sure you got what you thought you got at the altar. And to choose this day whom you're going to serve. Go back to the old path of God and see what he said. That's going to cause you to go back to Genesis, Exodus. Yeah, it's going to cause you to go back to those places. It's going to cause you to come all the way up through all of that, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Romans, all the way up to Revelation. Hallelujah. God is faithful to us, and we should seek to be faithful to him. Hallelujah. I want to say good morning to uh, Sister Woodard, I believe, uh, of Pennsylvania. I uh, got a letter yesterday that she mailed October the 13th of 2020. Listen, October the 13th of 2020, I just got this letter yesterday. I went to the post office because it had um, a thing in there saying that my taxes was in there for the house. And I went to see about that. Nothing was in my box but a yellow form that says your box is too big, uh, too small to hold the mail. Bring the card, in other words, to the window, you know, to the clerk. So I looked around, and the line was too long, and I had another appointment. I went to that appointment. I had to go pick up some dry cleaning and some other things. And afterwards, I go back to the post office and stand in the line. I know so, and then they, she say, oh, you got mail? Did heaven tell? I said, no, I, this was in my box, yellow slip. She said, oh, went back and brought me a letter I wrote, um, I guess this was May 28th of 21, that come back, I think, uh, one of them is from Henry Hayes. I've been waiting on this little boy letter forever and two days. But instead of putting it to 8042, I must have made the uh, three like a four, I thought it was. So they put it to 8042, P.O. Box 8042. No, it's P.O. Box 8032, 328032. So Henry letter come back. I was hot, y'all, because I've been waiting on that Henry Hayes. Another one from Williams, uh, over in Punta, 
Pontagorda. I think that's how I'm pronouncing it, Louis. Been waiting on his letter. Got one from Rayford. These are prisons. And two letters from Leonard. Uh, one was sent August 17th of 21. The other one was January 23rd of 21. He wrote me a second time when he didn't hear from me because I'm sure he knew that's not like her. If I write, she's writing back. So I had all of this mail to come back, and 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 Sister Woodard, I can't make out the first name. It looked like A I M A I O is what it looks like. But last name I could understand the envelope they tore it, Woodard in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I thank you so much, and she sent me a gift. God bless you. Uh, he, he or she, last name Woodard. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, I thank you so much for the encouraging words in the letter, the seed that you planted. God bless you so much. God bless you. And I thank God for you. Because see, she, she or he sent me this letter, sent me the gift, and they never heard back from me. They never heard me mention on the show anything about them. And I, I don't know them to be a listener. So this was someone new. And, you know, I really, really wanted to write them back and say something to them, you know, mention their name in the morning like everyone else. And the post office held this up. But you know what? I was angry at first, but I repented. Because I said to myself, you know, Lord, you held this up for such a time as this. You held this up when it was needed. And he loosed the blessings in the gift when it was needed. And I thank God for that this morning. Hallelujah. I thank him. I told you I was at the saint praying, and I felt the spirit of the Lord, and he let me know that what you need, I've already done it. And this was part of it, the blessing that was in Woodard's letter. Hallelujah. God is faithful to us. We just got to learn to be faithful unto him. And I'm so thankful unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So listen, we're going to one quick song of the morning, and today we're going in to take a listen to Bishop G.E. Patterson. And his message today is salvation is an inside job. He's going to teach us some good stuff this morning. I mean this stuff. I listened to it for a while. But I don't really have to listen to him. I know he was on the right track either way it goes. And the message he preached, these are messages before he passed away, before he went on to take his rest. And those messages are still powerful. Yeah, God is still teaching you this man, even in his death. God is faithful. So listen, we're going to this one right quick. And uh, when we come back, we're coming back with Pastor, I mean, Bishop Patterson. Hallelujah.
darkest night And I know everything is going to be all right In deep confusion and great despair Within your trouble, you can share. You can share. If you love, if you love, if you love, like you love, you get the blessing. Yeah, from above, from above, heals the sick, and he heals the lame. Says you can do it too. In Jesus' name.
Well, praise the Lord. Well, today is the official kickoff for our eight days of celebration, actually, of our 19th church anniversary. And uh, this morning at the 8 a.m. hour, we enjoyed the great message from our evangelist for the week, Evangelist Maria Gardner. Amen. And she's going to be speaking to us tonight at 6.45 here in this location. And uh, tomorrow night, Monday night, will be a rest night for everybody with the exception of the choir. See, if they're going to keep singing like this, they can't afford to rest. But Tuesday night and Thursday night, we're back in this location, Wednesday night and Friday night in the White Haven location uh, with Evangelist Maria Gardner. She's on the platform today, and we're just so happy to have her sharing with us. I felt today to not uh, put her to the test or uh, task of having to speak three times, and there was something the Lord had laid upon my heart concerning today. It seems as though recently I have been centering on a number of messages uh, as it relates to salvation and uh, the divine requirements. It is so easy for us uh, in this day of do-it-yourself, something about the human family, uh, we have a tendency to make new rules. The Lord has his rules, but we have a tendency to make our rules. And if you don't watch it, our rules will become more important to us than God's rules. Amen. Lights. I want you to open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 15, and we're going to read a rather extended passage there. Uh, hopefully the message will not uh, be any longer than usual, although we will do uh, a bit of reading, and I hope that you do have your Bibles. Amen. Matthew chapter 15. We want to read... Uh, aloud together the first 20 verses. If you have Matthew chapter 15, verse 1, say amen. amen. Come on, let's begin reading together. Amen. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by whatever thou mightest be profited by me. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. 
Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard these things? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draw? But those things which proceeded out of the mouth cometh forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile the man, but to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. My, my, my. From this rather lengthy passage of scripture, I want to talk to you today about salvation is an inside job. Why don't you tell somebody that salvation is an inside job. Is an inside job. Amen. I think that Jesus very well in these verses that we have read summed up that truth. My message today will probably lose me a number of uh, friends and supporters in Pentecostal circles. Uh, but I do know when I'm under divine orders. And the Apostle Paul said in that ninth chapter of 1 Corinthians around verse 16 that necessity is laid upon me and the yea, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. And it is important that the people of God have the truth of the gospel. I cannot be a standard bearer of tradition. I must always remain a preacher of the gospel. And the gospel is the latest word that God has to say on whatever subject in the scripture. Amen. If there's ever was anything that uh, became the great detriment, and I've often 
spoken concerning the great uh, Azusa Street revival and how that the Lord upon the American continent for the first time in any mass way began to pour out of his spirit back in the 1906 revival which was conducted by W.J. Seymour and in which the founder of the Church of God in Christ, uh, the late Bishop Charles Harrison Mason, received the gift of the Holy Ghost. But early in the Pentecostal experience, something entered in that uh, you would have to call legalism. And legalism is really trying to make uh, laws, mosaic law, laws that were given to Israel and uh, the commandments and traditions of men become as essential as a part of our salvation as what God has to say in his word. And hence now there are many uh, Pentecostal churches, some of them in our denomination and in other organizations who believe as we do. But there are people who are repelled. Uh, they don't even want to think in terms of affiliating because of our long list of don'ts. Uh, because we make some things as essential to salvation as the precious blood of Jesus. But when you read in the scriptures, you will find it constantly re-emphasized that we are not saved by personal works of righteousness. We are saved, if we are saved at all, by grace, through faith, that not of ourselves, but it is the gift of God. When our Lord was physically present upon this earth, he was constantly confronted by Pharisees and scribes whom he addressed in this instance and in other instances as hypocrites, more concerned with their tradition than with the commandments of God. Now look at it. Chapter 15, then came the Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders, for they wash not their hands when they eat? Now, this is not only talking about for the idea of purity, but it was a ceremonial washing. And they were more concerned that the disciples of the Lord washed their hands in a ceremonial ritual than they were concerned about more essential things. And Jesus, in his very wise way, he said, now you're talking about my disciples eat without washing their hands. And in so doing, they transgressed the traditions of the elders, but you transgress the commandments of God because God has said that honor thy father and thy mother and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. See, you understand that 
when you start tampering with legalism, you get into something that you really don't want to be involved in. Under the Mosaic law, there was no such thing as disobedient children. Because if children dishonored their parents, they were brought before the elders of Israel and accused by their parents before the elders, and if found guilty, they were stoned to death for disobedience. I mean, that's the kind of law that Israel was under. And a lot of times we go back and find little things here and there in the Mosaic law attempting to bring people under bondage. But you can't take part of it and leave the rest of it. You either got to take it or leave it. Oh, somebody said, where is he going? Just give us a few minutes and I think you'll see. Jesus was always confronted by those who wanted to bind him with traditions and with the Mosaic law. Well, the main law they accused him of breaking was the law of the Sabbath. For example, look with me to John chapter 5. And in John chapter 5, let's just quickly look at the first nine verses. John chapter 5. You have that say amen? amen? Now, if I go too fast for you, you know what to do. That's right. Get the tape. Come on, let's read it. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise. Take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Now, if you continue reading that, you will find that the critics of the Lord, they were more focused in on the fact that Jesus told the man to rise, take up his bed and walk then they were focused in on the fact that a man who could not walk for 38 years was now miraculously healed. They were not concerned about his healing, 
They were only concerned about that little note of legalism that he had broken the law. Hello. Well, understand now. They were standing on solid ground if they were going to stand upon the grounds of the fact what the Old Testament and the Mosaic law had to say concerning the Sabbath. And uh, for a moment, we might just look at that because I want you to clearly understand where we're coming from. I, I don't want to just uh, read a verse here and a verse there. I want you to see it in its proper perspective. For a moment, look at Exodus chapter 20. If you can't keep up with me again, I say you can get the tape. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8. These are the words of the Lord in that uh, what we call the Decalogue. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Well, when you talk about keeping the Sabbath day holy, we'll go a little further and see what that really involves. In Exodus chapter 35 and verse 3, you will read, Ye shall kindle no fire throughout your habitations upon the Sabbath day. It simply means if it's cold on the Sabbath day, you are restricted from working to the degree that you couldn't even make a fire. Hello, somebody. Turn back to Exodus 31 and verse 14. And in Exodus 31 and 14, Ye shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto the Lord, holy unto you, rather. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Now when you start uh, talking about people breaking the Sabbath, you don't have the power to keep the Sabbath. Israel could do it because there was not a religious law on one side and a civil law on the other. Israel was a theocracy. Their civil law and their religious law were one and the same. We have in the United States what is known as what? Separation of church and state. So number one, you don't have the power to enforce religious laws because there's a separation between church and state. Israel had no such separation. They were a theocracy. Now, turn to numbers. We'll go just a little bit further on this thing about the uh, Sabbath because I want you to understand what breaking the Sabbath entailed. Numbers chapter 15. We'll read verse 32 and skip down to verse 35. And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. Hello. Read verse 35. And the Lord said unto Moses, the man shall be surely put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. Now, the law of the Sabbath was very stern. 
So to those scribes and Pharisees and critics that saw the man whom Jesus healed and said, rise, take up your bed and walk. If Jesus intended that legalism should remain, they were standing on solid ground to challenge Jesus as a result of him telling the man, take up his bed and walk. But turn to Mark chapter 2, and you'll get what Jesus' attitude was concerning the Sabbath. Verse 26, verse 27 rather, and verse 28. Look at verse 27, chapter 2 of Mark. Read it. And he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. In other words, Jesus said, now you don't understand why the heavenly father put in the law of the Sabbath in the first place. It goes back to creation. That the heavenly father created the heavens, the earth, and all things that are therein in six days. And in the seventh day, he rested. And then he hallowed it and said to man that six days shall thou labor and in the seventh you'll do no work at all. In other words, the father implemented and instituted the Sabbath in order to serve man so that man would take proper time to rest. That God didn't intend that you would have a regular job six days a week and a weekend job and a part-time job, and work, 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 and never rest. He says that the Sabbath was made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath. And then he also brings in another point. Verse 28, read. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. In other words, you can't bring me under the Sabbath day law because I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. That was his position. Hello, somebody. Trying to show you how the coming of the Lord changed the legal system. Laws concerning the Sabbath, concerning circumcision, concerning abstaining from certain meats, wearing of certain apparel, all of it is legalism. And you ought to touch somebody and tell them you are not saved by legalism. Turn to Romans chapter 10. I want to bring you God's New Testament concept of salvation. You must understand that Israel as a nation, although there are many similitudes between Israel, Old Testament Israel as a nation, and the New Testament church, there may be many similitudes, but they are not the same. The laws that you find embodied 
in those five, first five books were laws written to govern the life of a nation. They are not laws to govern the church. Romans chapter 10. You have that. Start with verse 1 and read it with me. Brethren, my heart's desire and proud of God for Israel is that they might be saved. God wants Israel to be saved. That's what Paul is saying. Paul is the apostle. He himself is an Israelite, but he is the apostle to the New Testament, or rather to the Gentiles. He's our apostle. He's the one that gives to us God's term for salvation. He said, now I want Israel to be saved as well. Verse 2 reads, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. And when you follow people that's got a lot of zeal and not much knowledge, you'll get in trouble. People who will go over into uh, whatever book and find one verse and try to tell you that one verse will save you or condemn you. They may have a lot of zeal. But God doesn't want his people, especially leaders, preaching out of a sense of zeal. You need not only zeal, you need to have some knowledge with your zeal. On next Sunday, we'll climax uh, this anniversary celebration, and it will have been 19 years since the Lord called this congregation into being. And when we opened March 2nd, 1975, in the old building, a thing that the Lord gave me was to start that next day to have 12 o'clock worship. It wasn't really 12 o'clock prayer meeting because we did everything within the confines of 50 minutes. We would ask people who were working in the area, come and worship with us at 12 noon. We'd have about 10 minutes of prayer, about a 15-minute message, have an altar call, a closing prayer, and send the folk out. And people came, young ladies came from jobs and got saved. And, and, and the holier-than-thou saints would drive down the street and see maybe about a hundred or more people every day rushing into the house of God. And when they saw a few women come in with pants, that Gilbert Patterson and all them folk down there going to hell, I saw some women down there wearing pants. And I know that's tradition, but we've got to know the difference between tradition and doctrine. We've got to know the difference between how they taught me and how I see it and how God's Word says that it is. Well, where did we, where did we sanctified folk get that from? Uh, let's put a Bible marker in uh, Romans chapter 10. We're going back to that. But I want you to back up for a moment to Deuteronomy. And I want to show you exactly where we got it from. And I also want to show you why it's not doctrine. Deuteronomy 
Now, all through this book of Deuteronomy, there is a certain word here. This is the fifth book of Moses. Hmm? And it is a book of the law. Tell somebody, Deuteronomy is a book of the law. A lot of good stuff in Deuteronomy that we can use. But some of it is law. Some of it is Mosaic law. You got chapter 22? Look at verse 5. Read it with me. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. This is a commandment of God concerning the national life of Israel. But I will stand here and boldly say to you it was not talking about pants. If you open your dictionary and find P-A-N-T-S, pants, it will tell you that the word pants is an abbreviated form of the word pantaloons. And pantaloons were not innovated until about 500 years ago. And this scripture was written over 4,000 years ago. And when you go back and look even at pictures that are descriptive of Bible times, not only Moses' time, but all the way up to Jesus' time, you won't see men wearing pants because there were no pants. to do with uh, some of the other nations round about them that had this thing they had then like they do now. You know, they had cross dresses and they had fellows that tried to make themselves look as much like a woman as possible and they had uh, lesbians and it had to do with the idol worship of a nation other than Israel, and God didn't want them looking like those other nations. But now, does it not stand to reason that if the book of Deuteronomy was written to the church, and if chapter 22, verse 5 is in effect, would not all of the other verses in the chapter be in effect also? And strangely enough, when those traditionalists read verse 5, they won't read another verse in the chapter. Let me read just one other verse. Look with me to verse 11. Let's read that one. Thou shalt not wear a garment of divers sorts. Now wait a minute, the word divers means different. 
In other words, it's saying thou shalt not wear a garment that has different materials. If you wear silk, wear all silk. If you wear cotton, wear all cotton. If you wear linen, wear all linen. That thou shalt not wear, read it, a garment of diverse sorts, as of woolen and linen together. Now, if verse 5 meant pants, and if a woman that wears pants is going to hell, then the rest of the women in the church are going to hell for wearing two kinds of fabrics. And while the pastor is wearing out that sister that he saw down the street with some pants on, his wife and everybody else is sitting up there with woolen and linen and linen and cotton and silk and wool. And if verse 5 will send you to hell, so will verse 11. The day has come when we're going to have to come out of legalism and realize that the terms of salvation doesn't have to do with what you got on. It's an inside job. I heard a preacher years ago, he was in our city, he's gone on. Rumor has it that he died with AIDS. But that preacher, I heard him in this city. Any woman that'll wear lipstick, she'll go out there and go to bed with the first man she see. I mean, be for real. I've known a lot of women that wore pants and wore lipstick that had principle and, and, and uh, they were not loose. And I've known some that wouldn't wear a tinge of makeup and wore long dresses. And they were ready for anything. Salvation isn't about what you got on. Salvation is about who's living inside of you. Go back to Romans 10. Back to Romans 10, you got it? Come on, let's go back where we started. Verse 1, read. Brethren, my heart's desire... And prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Now comes the bombshell. Read. For Christ is the end of the... Wait a minute. Since I'm in Christ, why keep trying to put me under the law? Why keep trying to put me under Sabbath days and put me under meats that I can eat and can't eat? Put me under what I can wear and can't wear? 
Why keep trying to put me under the law when Christ is the end of the law for righteousness? Come on, read verse 4 and read it all the way through. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Praise God. This is what Paul was constantly battling with. Every time God gave him a tremendous gift, he went throughout the world, Europe and Asia, turned the world upside down, establishing, planting churches. And everywhere he would go and preach, he had a theme that by grace are you saved. Through faith. Huh? Not of works. Well, let's just read it the way Paul preached it. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Since I'm doing this in read-on fashion, let's go on. Ephesians chapter 2. Read verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Oh, how many folk are still trying to convince you of how saved they are. You see, honey, I'm saved because I don't do this, and I don't do that, and I've never done the other, and I, I, I when you get through bragging about you, what part did Jesus play? Come on, read verse 8, and we'll go on into verse 9 also. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Hallelujah. Well, turn from there and, and back up into the book that precedes it, in the Galatians. As I said, Paul went throughout the world establishing churches, and his doctrine is that you are saved by grace through faith. And every time he'd plant a church, the Judaizers would come along and tell the members of Paul's church, now listen, y'all, uh, we know Paul is an eloquent speaker and all of that. Uh, and we know he's got all these members. But you, you see, uh, the reason there's so many, y'all, you know, y'all ain't saved no how. Because uh, if you're really going to be saved, you got to line up all of your males and let them be circumcised. You've got to observe the Sabbath. You've got to abstain from meats. Uh, you know, in other words, if you're going to be a good uh, Christian, you've got to be a good Jew. In essence, that's what they said. Galatia was one of those places where Paul established the church and the Judaizers came and messed it up. And after Paul gives his introduction, he finally gets to the meat of why he's writing the church at Galatia in chapter 3. Look at it with me. You have it? Now listen at the way he opens the chapter. 
His heart's broken because people are so quick. See, it's something about it. We can't believe that salvation is as easy as it is. <laughs> it's just like when, when Naaman the leper went to the house of uh, uh, the prophet down in uh, Samaria. And he thought the prophet was going to come out and strike his hand over the place and heal him in that way. And he just told his servant Gehazi, go on out there and, and tell, uh, uh, tell Naaman to go down to the river Jordan, jump in the river, dip himself seven times. Naaman got angry. Oh, I thought he would have come out here and put his hand over the place and cured my leprosy. And now he up here telling me to go and get in the muddy river of Jordan. If I wanted to take a bath, I could have stayed in some, in, in down where I was, in Assyria, the waters of, of uh, Abna and Papa. They are better waters than these. But the servant of Naaman said, Master, if he had told you to do something hard, you'd have been finding yourself trying to do it. So why don't you just do the simple thing of go and dip in Jordan? And yes, salvation yes. is so clear and easy. You're saved by grace. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Once Jesus enters into your heart and the love of the Father is in your heart, things of the world just become less interesting to you. I mean, you begin to read the Word of God and your affections change. Don't nobody have to give you a book with a list of do's and don'ts, but we love for people to make it hard. In Galatia, he wrote them and said, read with me, Oh foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. In other words, how did you get saved? Did you get saved by trying to go over in the law and live according to junk you found over there? Maybe I shouldn't use the word junk, but for us, it's excess baggage. And if you're saved, you're not saved because you got to read in the books of the law. And start reading everything that Moses said to Israel. You're saved if you're saved at all because of what the Lord did in your life. This only what I learned. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Hallelujah. Set somebody and ask them, how did you get saved? By keeping the law? Or wasn't an inside job? <laughs> Come on, read verse 3. Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Now you started off, you got saved, when you just heard somebody preach that Jesus is Lord. You came down the aisle with tears dripping. You said, I received Jesus as my Savior. And you were growing all right until somebody start feeding you with legalism. And now you're trying to make it with legalism. 
Are you all awake? Yeah. see anybody sleep, just kind of hunch them. Tell them, not yet. Don't sleep yet. For just a little quick minute, turn back to the Gospel of John. Jesus confronted some folk who saw it was a little bit too easy, they thought. And they asked him a question. Look in John chapter 6. John chapter 6, do you have that? Read verse 28. Read. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Now, see, Paul has told us it's not by works, but there's still somebody. Well, I mean, I got to do more than just believe and confess the Lord, be baptized. Got to do more than that. What must I do to work the works of God? What's Jesus' answer? Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. He keeps bringing it right back. If you really want to be saved, believe on Jesus Christ. Oh, bless his name. And whenever we will get to the point where we recognize we are not saved because of what we have done, because of what we did not do, because of what we wore, because of what we eat, we are saved because when I gave my heart to Jesus, he came to live down on the inside. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. I know that there are a lot of us, we'd rather stay in the dark ages. But look at the transitions we've been through. Some of you who were brought up in a sanctified church like me, you remember that we were going to hell for going to the movies. Hello? So I don't go to the movies. They put that so deep in me, I don't even remember the last time I've been to a movie at a movie theater. But everything you folk who go to the movies see, I just wait a couple of years and I see it at home on television. We were going to hell for going to the movie. And when television came out, that became somewhat of a paradox because we didn't know what to do. For a long time, the saints said, it's a sin to have one in your house. But you can't hardly find anybody now who don't have a television in their house. I guarantee you, everybody in here who don't have a television in their house is because it's broken. You haven't got the money to fix it. So eventually, we, we recognize that, well, I, I guess it's not seeing the picture. Although there are some pictures you're watching at home that's messing up your mind. Hello, y'all. Then there are those, as I said, they don't believe you're saved because of what you wear. And I'll admit that some folk can wear some stuff that 
When you see them coming, you just look up. There are some things that are not becoming. But when all is said and done, let me tell you this. Nobody has a heaven or a hell to put you in. If you are saved by grace, if you are washed in the blood of the Lamb, and if there are those things in your life that are not pleasing to God, there are some things that you and him going to have straighten out. Because when Jesus died on Calvary's rugged tree and went down into the depths of the grave and stayed for three days and nights, when he came up dangling keys, he said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. I'm he that liveth, that was dead. But behold, I'm alive forevermore. And if you want to know what the keys are I'm dangling in my hand, I've got the keys of hell and death. And don't let nobody send you to hell. Hallelujah. You, you can't send me to hell because of my wardrobe. You can't send me to hell because of my diet. Hallelujah. He was hung up for my hang-up. Wounded for my transgression. Bruised for my iniquities. Chastisement of my people upon him. And with his stripes I'm healed. And, and you see, I know that, I know if you look around this church now, probably 2,000 people in here, I doubt if you would find three women in here that's got pants on. Even though they know that I don't preach against it. Hello? But to try to give a, somebody a guilt trip, tell them you're going to hell because you got on some big earrings. You're going to hell because of, honey, you didn't die for me. Your tradition is not as powerful as God's word. I'm saying, what Jesus did in my life. Hallelujah. And oh, maybe there's some things about me that you don't like. But you see, you don't know what he saved me from. But I know things I used to do. I don't do no more. There's a great change since I've been born. I'm a new creature in Christ. Filled with the Spirit. God is my heavenly Father. Jesus is my big brother. The devil ain't no kid at all. Yeah, glory. I'm, I'm going to my seat. It, it, Evangelist Gardner. Evangelist Gardner is going to come and make the invitation to go whichever way the Lord lead her. But, but, but I just thought of one thing. You, you got to see this. You got to see this. Turn, turn to Romans chapter 14 and I'm going to sit down. Oh, I know I'm going to get some letters, Bishop Patterson. I, 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 just, I just don't know. I, I, I just don't know. I thought you was a true man of God. 
And now you're going to tell me, honey, I've got to go with God's word. I can't go with your tradition. Come on, look, look at Romans chapter 14. Anybody got that? Come on, read it with me. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputation. In other words, there are some folk in the faith who are stronger than others. And if there are people in the faith that's weak, receive them. Take them into the church and don't take them in to argue with them. Not to doubtful disputation. Read. For one believeth that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. Now, now because you want to be a vegetation, you know, a, a vegetarian, don't send me to hell because I eat meat. Come on, verse 3, read. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him that eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. In other words, God received the meat eaters and the non-meat eaters. All right. And this is the part I really like for you folk who think you got a hell to put folk in. Read verse 4. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. You see, you're not my master. The Lord is my master. Read. Yea, he shall be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. Read on. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day of life. See, I get letters every once in a while. Anytime I say the word Sabbath, I get words from folk, letters, you know, now, uh-uh, now you see, uh, you can't bother that because you understand that uh, the Sabbath day, God said, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. And, and I believe that when you're saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, you keep every day holy. And, and, and I also understand from uh, Matthew 28 and 1, that in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, was when Mary Magdalene came and the other Mary, huh? And they found the stone rolled away, and Jesus arose on the first day of the week. That's why the Christians call Sunday the Lord's Day. And when you read in that 20th chapter of John, he had about three different meetings on the same day he got up. And it plainly says, on that day being the first day of the week. And then when I go to Acts chapter 2, it says when the day of Pentecost will fully come. And I get Pentecost by going back over in the Old Testament, I think it's uh, chapter 23 of Leviticus. And there's a certain day from the Passover that you number seven Sabbaths. Huh? And the morrow after the seventh Sabbath. Seven Sabbaths. Seven times seven is 49. The morrow after day 49 is day 50. That's where the word Pentecost comes from. Pentecost means 50th. The 50th day. And the 50th day was not on Saturday. It was on Sunday. And it was on Sunday when the Holy Ghost fell. So if Jesus got up on Sunday, if God sent the Holy Ghost on Sunday, don't send me to hell for going to church on Sunday. Come on, read verse 5. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. 
I'm not bothering you for your Saturday. And don't mess with me for my Sunday. Read verse 6. He that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. He that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he does not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. I think I ought to just quit. Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you, so much in here of folk that want to hold you to legalism. But I'm glad I know that salvation is an inside job. Anybody in here know that? Don't think like I used to think. Don't talk like I used to talk. Don't act like I used to act. Not because somebody's standing over me telling me, don't do this and don't do that. But he took the spirit of the law off of the table of stone and wrote it on the tables of my heart. And now the love of God down on the inside tells me what to do and what not to do. I don't need no outside list. I know it's an inside job. Because there's something within me that holds it the rain. Something within me that banishes pain. Something within me sometimes I cannot explain. But I know. Stop trying to talk about me, but get it on the inside. When you got it on the inside, things I used to do, I ain't gonna do it no more. The way I used to talk about you, I'm not gonna talk about you no more. Yeah, since she came into my heart, blood of joy.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Salvation is an inside job. Yes, sir. Oh, I enjoyed that message this morning. And uh, you fight on, brother. I mean, Apostle James Pinkney, a junior in the Voices of Peace, you fight on. We got to keep the sword in our hands and fight on. We got to get in the word of God and allow the word to get in us. We'll know what God is talking about. We got to have Bible study. We got to have a prayer life, a Bible study life. If you can get to a Bible church, go to church and learn the word of God. Yeah, that word is sharper than any two-edged sword. I'm working with a young man. He just wrote me uh, this morning and asked me, can I help him? to walk with God. He said he was locked up in, in lockup and in, in solitary confinement. And he asked God to come into his heart and live. But he said he didn't feel that nothing happened. He didn't feel that anything happened. And he asked God to forgive him of his sin, come into his heart and live. He said, and I find myself doing the same thing. And also told him that I want to be a fan of his. He said, it's hard. Can you help me to walk with God? Now, you know I'm getting back with him right now. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait until Jesus could go off. I got to get back with him right now. This is very uh, important. I'm telling you this is more important than a train wreck and a heart attack all at the same time. We know not a day, not an hour when God is call us or when we're going to leave this earth. And we want to be prepared to go. I don't want to go to sleep unprepared. I don't want to die unprepared. When I go to sleep, I want to go to sleep to rest out. No nightmares, no waking up, just sleep. And when he called my name, I come forth. But I come forth because I went to sleep ready. I got my work done unto him. Yeah, I, I got the, 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 the kinks out of me. I got the spots and the wrinkles out. I went to him, and I told him I need deliverance of these things, and I need him to begin to work in me to get these things that shouldn't be in me out. And that good thing that he began to do in me in 1993 in the month of September, he's still doing it. Hallelujah. And so it's me that's desiring it more and more. The more I desire it, the more God is going to do it. Hallelujah. It's a spiritual thing. Salvation is an inside job this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's none like him. Listen, the studio is open. If there's uh, anyone uh, have something they would like to say, Please feel free to press that number one this morning and come in and uh, share with us. And you have something to say about salvation is an inside job, according to Romans 10 and 9. See, it all starts with your confession. See, the inside of you confessing, you know, bringing it out. And you're telling God, you know, Lord, I, I realize now I've been wrong all the time. I realized I, I, I was a sinner. I, I did wrong. And I need you to come forgive me first. I need you to forgive me. And I need you to come into my heart and live forever. Yeah. 
And many times they've heard John 3.16. For Father, I believe that you so love the world, you sent your only begotten Son. That whoever would believe on him won't perish but have everlasting life. Again this morning, I believe. Save me, Lord. Sanctify me. Fill me with your spirit today, the Holy Ghost. Fill me today. Baptize me in your spirit today. Let me be full of it. And, Lord, give me the gifts. Let the gifts that you brought me forth with when I entered my mother's womb. God, bless me that these gifts will come forth in the name of Jesus. For you knew me before I entered my mother's womb. So, God, when I come forth, you knew me even the more. Help me this morning to get it right with you. I realize time is winding up. I've been on this journey a long time, God haven't been as focused as I should be. But Lord, I want your salvation. I want to be saved. I want to be sanctified. I want to be filled with your Holy Ghost. I need you this morning, Lord, to help me to get my mind right. I don't want to have a form of godliness anymore, denying the power thereof. But I need you today, and I want you today. My desire is that I have you. My desire today is that you your spirit. Lord, I'm not letting go this morning until I, 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 until I, hey, glory, that you fill me with your spirit. Do it for me today, oh God. I need you like never before. I want you like never before this day, October, November the 2nd, 2021. Do it for me. And Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, those who have not received your spirit, we ask this morning in the name of Jesus, those that are seeking you, those that want it, oh God, that you would baptize them this day in the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Fill them today, oh God, with your Holy Spirit. You know where they are. You know who they are. You know what they've done, what they haven't done. God, do it today in the name of Jesus. We can pray, Father, that they receive. We can lay hands on and they will receive. Our Father, you just give them your ask this morning that through this prayer and you just give them your gift of the Holy Ghost. Change them from the inside, oh God. Give them your salvation. Let them believe this morning that it is done in the name of Jesus. It don't take you all day. We don't have to grovel and grovel and scrabble and, and beg. You said to ask, and we are asking you to do it for them today. In the name of Jesus. Or give us a new anointing this morning. Those of us that have received your spirit, give us a fresh new anointing. Lord, let us break every yoke, every bondage that's coming our way in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let us bring our flesh under subjection. That we walk in the way that you would have us to go. That we would apply your word to our everyday life. The way you want us to live before you and man. Oh, we ask it this morning in the name of Jesus. Help us today, God. In Jesus' name, we ask it all. And Father, we thank you this morning. And those who have not received you, we ask this morning, Lord, as we lift you up. Even in song and in praise. That, Father, you would draw unto you. They can't come, Father, unless you draw them. They can't receive from you unless you give to them. But without you, we can do nothing, none of us, oh God. So we ask you to do this morning in the name of Jesus. We thank you. 
We give you glory. Hallelujah. We give you the honor this morning. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing right now. Thank you, Lord, for your love today. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you won't leave us to go to hell, but that, God, you'll come in and you'll fix us. Hallelujah. Mm. That when you return, we can go back with you. Help us today. Help us to be a blessing unto others in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you the honor and praise again, all of it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's none like you today. Uh, we can search all over. We won't find nobody. Nobody greater than Almighty God. He's got all power. Hallelujah. All right, Sister Jerry, I'm coming at you right now. Good morning. God bless you. How are you? Oh, good morning, Sister Barbara. What a great message. I'm doing well. The message brought me back to when God asked me, and I hit that tree over 100 miles an hour. It felt like I barely bumped the tree. And the scar is nowhere to be seen. I thank you, Lord. It wasn't about what I was wearing. I was even committing sin, but I said, Jesus, oh, Jesus, I never forget. Save me, please. And God said to me, are you sure you're going to walk with me? Yes, Lord. I saw my life from a baby all the way up through that time. The pages were flipping. My car was spinning. But in realization, the car wasn't spinning. It was just backing so fast, hit the gate and the tree. Did not explode. I got a bump on my forehead. But God saved me. I didn't even have to go to the hospital. Oh, what an awesome God. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you that you saved a little wretch like me. I thank you that you overlooked my sins. I thank you, Lord God, and surely I should follow you all the days of my life. I don't care what Tom, John, Paul is saying to me. All I want to hear is what? Oh, God, thank you. What you said to me, will you follow me all the days of your life? Yes, God. And all my friends, I don't have any now except for Barbara and a few, but all the ones, the gang and the bangs that I was hanging with, they don't call no more because they said to me, oh, Jerry, you're not the same. You don't you don't do things the same. No, I'm not that same old person. I don't judge what you all do. But until you find God, you won't change. 
All I know, you got to find Jesus. He's waiting on you. He's not going to pull us He's truly waiting on you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the doors will open. So, oh, when I get in trouble, I say, Lord, it's me. It's not my brother, Michael. It's not my brother, John. Father God, it's Jerry. And oh, am I needing prayer. Oh, am I needing you, Jesus. And I promise you, Father, you stepped in and give me everything I need. In one moment's breath. So I'm not following him for money. All I'm doing is following him because he loves me enough that he won't let no bad thing happen to me. Lord, thank you for the message today. You have reminded me who you are. And who I am to you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, God is just faithful. Brother Lewis, say, hey, Sister mm-hmm. Jerry. God is just faithful. Hey, always. hey Brother Lewis. He heard you. <laughs> okay. Always on time. Always on our yeah. side. He's just waiting for us, and he keeps reminding us to get it right with him. He keeps reminding us, focus more, hear it more. He keeps bringing things and adding things, but we got to open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, and see. We got to open our spiritual ears. I'm not hearing the person. I'm hearing what God got to say. And what he got to say is he's telling me he's coming back for the church without spot or wrinkle. And that I am the church. And I know I got spots and wrinkles in me. I need to work on getting this out, but I can't do it alone. I need God to help me. I desire to have them out. So, Lord, I need you to help me to get the spots and wrinkles out of me. I will look like you when you return. Because you will see yourself in me. And when you see yourself in me, you know I belong to you. Help me today. In Jesus' name. Heal me with your spirit. Oh, we need the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. Without it, it's like you're spinning wheels. You, it, it's like sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. But if you got the Holy Ghost and you allow him, train yourself to allow the spirit of the Lord to lead it. You're going to have more good days in the spirit than you do bad days. You're not going to sit up in your flesh wanting what you want. You're going to be able to not my will, but your will be done, Father, and mean it. You'll mean it. Oh, the sound cut out. Okay, Jerry, can you hear me? Yeah, you feel so much different. I mean, the old me used to have these desires for this, that, and the other. But that desire of lust is just going away. It just, I don't have that, oh, okay, come on over, Sam, I want to be with you. No. It has just 
going away. I don't even desire when certain people talk to me. I'll say, oh, this is not. And it's like God has given me a vision who is and who isn't. When they go to talking, and I mean, I love myself from that Curtis. But when he went to talking to me, I said, you know what? This is not going to work. I'm sorry. Well, what did I do? You didn't do anything. I have changed. I have, he said, you have changed ever since you hit that tree. I said, I know it, right? But I can't even be your friend. I blocked him on my phone, dropped him on Facebook, no Twitter, no no nothing. I blocked him. And I felt good. I have no desire for the old. It has gone away. So you can't live in the past. You know how they'll tell someone when you're in rehab and you come out, you can't go around those friends you've been with. You can't receive God and hang around your old past because it you can't serve both of them. You just will not serve them. Well, I can't do it. I, I don't know what others. Some may, some people may do it. I apologize. I can't do it. So when I blocked them, came by the house, it was like, I said, why are you here? What is wrong with you, Jerry? I want to fix your fence. No, I don't want you to fix my fence. I'll get it done. I pray to God. God not only going to fix my fence, he going to remodel my whole house. Hallelujah, Jesus. I can't go back. I won't go back. I want to be treated the queen I am. Some of the sermons I've heard, that's how I want to be treated. I deserve to be treated that way. I'm not that same Jerry. So your resume has to be different. It can't be like it was. Oh, it's going to have some, uh, what would we call it? Hmm. It's going to have some structure about it. Well, Jared. But it won't be like it was. Jared. What? I, I know you're not the same, Jared. Now, I can, I can testify to that. I can verify that now. But you know, uh, all the queen, where all the queen come in there at? <laughs> oh, well, you see, I was a queen of the of of the bedroom. I was the queen. Okay. I was okay. queen. I'm not uh-huh. that anymore because it's not that. It's not even about that. Okay. I'm now the queen of sitting down, and we. Oh God, have I learned? 
we discuss some things. I won't take charge. Okay. I, I, a queen has to have a king. So I won't take charge and say, um, tonight we do an X, Y, Z. No. I will submit until the man and say, hey, honey, what do you think about this? He won't feel on the pressure that he has to say, oh, that sounds good, baby. No. Because I won't be that old Jerry. I'm the okay. queen. I'm still the queen. Oh, oh okay. Well, Jerry, so you, you, you uh-huh. feel like you got that, you feel like you have a takeover spirit, Jerry. Oh, yeah, I got rid of that. Okay. Because, see, I don't need to be in charge. If I well, have the right man, you. he can make the decision, and I can okay. understand. I'll know if he's right or wrong because I've done okay. my research. I'll know if he said, Jerry, we're going to take all the windows out the house and board it up. Okay. Oh, no, baby, we're not doing that. We need something. All right, like so, so look, Jerry. Is it just about the man that marriage, the man, or is it about everything about your life? You know, uh, because, see, when we come to God, he changes all of that, like you said. Everything about my life has changed. Everything, even how I handle my children. Okay. God told me I can't just supply them with money every time they call. Yes, the phone calls is flagged down, but that's okay. They're near now. Every well, God is still working on me with the grandbaby. Cause boy, when he said grandmama, yeah, <gasps> I'm still melting on that. The boys, the young men that have grown up, the men, I'm not melting on them. I'm like, no, I don't have any money for you. I have changed the. I understand Calvin even better. Okay. That's the song saying, I have changed. I have so much changed. I don't like to cook, but God has prepared me and kept me in the kitchen. So if I meet the husband... And he requires me to cook. I will do it. Okay, but Jerry, I, but, I, I, I'm not. I, I'm talking about things like this. I, I'm talking about through the mm-hmm. run of the day. Uh, focus on the Word of God. It's not so much about a man. No, no. I he, got he to has, know that we got to have Bible time. That's first thing in the morning. No, listen, Jerry. He has to be ready to read that Bible. Okay, but you're talking about in a relationship with a man. I'm talking about mm-hmm. Jerry alone. Jerry by herself. Oh, what I've changed about Jerry, I have been alone now for seven years. I have learned that there are going to be some stumps in the road that make you cry. I have learned that I have to go to God with every little. I can't call Sally a Jane. I have to go with God even when my refrigerator is empty. I have to go to God 
when the door fell the other day, the, the door in my bedroom, it just fell flat. I was like, God, what am I to do? I don't even know how to use a screwdriver to get this door back up. He said, take the door to the curb. I asked God on simple stuff. Now my disposal, I know it's got a red button on it I can push to make it turn. I can't find it. So I'm praying to God. I know that girl don't do something to it, but that's okay. I'm asking God, God, give me strength. Show me where that button is at. Asking God every little thing. Not just about man, because really I don't pray to God for a husband no more. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. I ask God about how to do this house and what to do with it. I ask God even for my health. I didn't make this one decision on my insurance. He laid out all the books. It took me from one Saturday to another Saturday for him to come back over. And I looked at him and I said, well, this one sounds very good. But this one sounds better. Okay. And then I prayed and God showed me. Okay. Now, have Jerry changed about what I say I want when I want it like I want it? Yes. I have no more control over my life. Calvin and I, we talk every night. And I told Calvin, I said, you know, Calvin, I've changed a little bit, haven't I? He said, a little bit. Okay. I said, but I need to change some more, don't you think, Calvin? He said, oh, yes. So that being said, I'm not all the way there, Barbara. I'm I'm still visiting Miss Tilly's office, okay? I'm okay. not I'm not all the way there. But with the Lord help and me talking to you is helping me. You you don't know how much you are helping me. That's why I talk to you every day. <laughs> Therapy is still needed every day, okay? <laughs> I'm not I'm not completely where I should be. I'm getting there. Because you have so much wisdom, Barbara. You're helping me grow up. Am I making any sense? Uh-huh. That's God. That's God. Because you desire for the So help. I'm not all the way grown up, Barbara. I'm still utilizing God's hand. Call Barbara. Y'all talk about. So I'm learning by talking to you about the Lord and things that's going on in my life. Because, see, I'm still too giving and I'm still too kind. I got to change. Oh, immediately. Because everybody's taking advantage of that kindness. Yeah, but what, what I don't want to change what you and do. get mean. Uh, okay, I tell you what you try to think of, Jerry. Think of this. Uh, they don't need it. They really don't need it. They want it. I'm going to give to a ministry that needs it. I'm going to exactly. give to a ministry that reaches out to people 
who need to be saved, who need to have some changes in their life. I'm going to, instead of giving to these people who just keep coming to use me, always asking for stuff, I'm going to give it to someone who can use it. When it comes to the grandbaby, I can't do it for him either because I am messing him up. I'm creating a monster because I'm allowing my flesh to rule and reign and not God rule and reign. I'm allowing my flesh to do it. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, Bob. And that's why I'm calling on you and praying. And together, you're helping me to go farther. You're kind of like my big sister now. And I know I call you go, hey, Barbara, let me tell you what's going on now. I do that so I can get confirmation from God because he'll already be going to say no. But this Jerry, this flesh wants to say yes so bad. But I said, Lord, I said I would serve you. And I can't serve you doing things my way because that's Burger King. God is not Burger King. You can't do it your way. The no's are not there to make me say no. The no's are that there is so you, this is what I expect. Your faith is getting great, Jerry, but it's got to get better. Even with your condition, your faith, by faith, it will be done. So, yes, Bob, I'm not all 100% there. But you as a true Christian is talking to me and helping me. You are truly yes. helping me daily. I'll call you after the show, doing the show, especially before I go to bed at night, get my prayer in and get my understanding in. My lust factory, that went away. Thank you, Jesus. But my understanding of the do's and the don'ts, I'm still having to have some assistance on that. Okay. All right. God is God is working. You're growing. That's why I ask you the question, because I know you want to grow, and I believe that God mm-hmm. is growing. Ain't no, there's no question mm-hmm. about that. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is growing you. And it's going to get better for you. And what we have to do is we have to uh, remember his word the best that we can. Get in the word the best that we can. And, you know, hold on to it. And like you, call call somebody that you trust, that you believe, that know God, and that you've seen God work in their life. That's, that, that's fine. That's fine. But we got to get in that word more. Because, see, God has some great things for you, uh, Jerry. He's got great things for you because of this. You come out of darkness into the mind of light. You, you, you gave the world back its tools. And you made a choice to go all the way with God. So yes. those of us that seek him constantly, we diligently seek in him. He rewards us. So it, it, it's a time of rewarding that's coming. It, 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 it's as if it's coming like that right there for you. 
But and what you need to cut off, that's what you have to do. People have told me I've had uh, friends, uh, a good friend of mine. We've been friends for years in Kansas City. I know this woman is a friend. And she told me about the tough love that I had. I really don't call it tough love. I just call it love. Now, love does hide a multitude of sins. But when we get Jesus and he and us, we see wrong. Although we love, we, we can't support wrongdoing. So we have to make up our mind, like you said earlier, I told God I was going to live for him. I was going to go, you know, in other words, all the way for him. So we have exactly. to turn yeah, we have to turn that other stuff off. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. Because I love you, and if you come to me for money, I'm gonna tell you about God. See what that's gonna do is run you away because you don't want to hear about God. You want to hear about my bank account. If you come to me to buy gifts, it's my birthday. It's I'm going to tell you what God have to say, and we all gonna celebrate His birthday. December 25th. They don't want to hear that. They're going to run. They're going to leave you alone. Now, they're going to come back, but every time they come back, you're giving them prayer, you give them the word of God, and you keep it moving. Listen, That's right. Jerry, people can't hear. Listen, one thing I give you 100% credit for, Jerry, is you can hear. Oh, yes, you can, sister. And you can obey. I've seen you bring your flesh under subjection. Oh, yes, ma'am. If many people can't do that, Jerry, they cannot do that. God will be speaking out of my mouth, and they will be speaking back, thinking they're talking to me, but talking to God, because we're just having a, a, like just a regular conversation. Mm-hmm. And God is speaking out of my mouth, telling you, but you don't want to hear that. You want it the way you want it. But see, when you bow down to God, when you say, Lord, I know I, 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 I'm giving in the wrong places, and Lord, the love that I, I, I'm sharing is a fleshly love. It's, it's not a, a godly love. I'm, I'm not giving them agape. I'm, I'm giving them a fleshly love because I, I want them to have this so if I don't give it to them, my flesh feels like it's hurting. And that's when you know this. I'm not doing it. I'm bringing this flesh under subjection. I'm going right. to let my flesh go. Because see, that flesh is deceitful and it'll get us in trouble. Because we feeling, we feeling. I don't want to feel. I want to obey God. Feelings. That's not gonna cause me to go back with it. That's gonna cause the devil to come in and, and create a bigger mess for me. So I'm not. Cause see, after it's all said and done, now I'm looking back on what I did to them, and look how they treat me. See, if I never would have right. did it, I don't have to look back on what they did to me or how they treat me. And do it in the flesh. I give them the word of God, spiritual stuff that will last them throughout eternity if they want it. But if they don't want spiritual things, I got to go. Every time you come back to me, this all I got is spiritual stuff for you. And my friend in Kansas and was telling me why, about that's why I that's why I stick with you, Barbara, because I'm I'm still in training, and I told the Lord, Lord. If it don't be of you, I don't want it. And out of nowhere, God brought me 
brought you into my life. And then he told me, learn from Barbara. Listen to Barbara. So because I hear God so very well, I mean, I I was listening to someone else, and she got mad at me and called me certain names. But then I told God about it. He said, these are the things I want you to learn along the way. These are the breadcrumbs along the way. I want you to let Barbara mentor you just by talking to her. And what you just said, you're not talking really to me, Jerry. You're talking with the Lord. So we have a conversation. Some things you tell me to do sound so, oh, God, this is so hard. I don't know. But then because I know it wasn't Barbara telling me, I must obey. And that's why I really put my flesh under subjection. I will not disobey God's orders to me. That tree was a real lesson to me. And that's why I said, Barbara, I wish I'd have met you before I got all the... I met you when I was supposed to meet you. That's what God told me last night. But God, I should have met her sooner. I No, I let you meet her sooner. I let you meet her in Walmart. She was telling you stuff. You wasn't ready to hear it. You still ran with that Curtis. She was ministering to you, and you were like, oh, thank you. You were so busy trying to get yourself ready. For Miami, she couldn't even, you don't even remember what she said to you. So she, you did meet her sooner. You didn't receive her. But you know so what he now, did, Terry. Yeah, but you know he, what he did even that. He, you was on Facebook and I saw you. And mm-hmm. I said, well, Lord, you know, I don't want to really push, because I don't like doing that. I don't like pushing people. If you don't show up Mm -hmm. for something, I don't want to call in you and harass you. No, 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 that's not me. But if I don't hear from Mm -hmm. you and I want to check on you, I will. But when I saw you on Facebook, the Lord could do this and do that. So I started liking stuff and doing stuff, and eventually I sent you the link to the show, and you, you you paid attention, and eventually God used you to come around. You know, he blessed you. But this yes, is do. what I know. I, 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 we have to hear from God on every situation, on every hand. We, we got to hear from him. Because if not, we're messing ourselves up, talking about what we think is right. Because that's a way to seem right to a man, but it mm-hmm. well is destruction. Now, it would seem right to me that when Cobrisha comes to visit, she can bring whatever she wants. That, mm-hmm. that's the, the natural barber. And then the natural barber is saying, well, if she can't bring a laptop or a this and a that, then how, what, look here, all she can bring is three outfits, three sets of whatever I say, and underwear, and, 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 and bras, uh, three sets of pajamas, that's it. No, no, no notebook, no laptop, no, no nothing else, no teddy bear, no nothing. And when you bring that bag in the house, one bag, because you're not going to bring, she brought three or four. No, you're not bringing them in the bags. You're bringing one bag. 
and you're going to leave that bag by the front door, and you come in. And anything you need out that bag, I'm going to get it out the bag for you. Mm-hmm. They call it tough love. It's not tough love. It's love. I'm protecting her. I know what I'm yes. You see. And see, parents, a lot of parents, today, they don't have time. They don't have the patience for this. But in today's world, if you're training up children, where they should go, you got to have a lot of patience. And, and I didn't even understand what you were doing with Corisha. I said, so why are you doing that, Barbara? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that, Barbara? See, mm-hmm. I'm still learning, too. Mm-hmm. But see, let me tell you, Jerry, when you're led by the Spirit of God, a lot of things won't make sense to people. It won't make sense to the natural eye. Because the spiritual right. things is foolishness to the flesh. Have she lost her mind? No. I'm doing what God says do. Now watch the ending result. I'm going to be able to give you a report, an excellent report, because I followed the word of God. I followed his instructions, not my own. Because, see, Jerry, at one point I was like you. When it Cobrecia not having something, you got to be kidding me. She said, Grandmama, I want a puppy. And you tell me she can't have no puppet. Okay, well, she can't have it at your house, but she's going to have it at mine. And when I had a place where she couldn't have a puppy, and she said she wanted a puppy, I went and bought her a stuffed puppy that came in a special bag. Hmm. And she got to feed the puppy. Let me tell you something. God showed me the way. He separated Cobrish and I. <laughs> you got to be careful. Because if you love anything more than him, you don't deserve him. That's what he said. Now, I didn't say it. I wasn't there when he inspired man to write it, but that's what he said. And he done proved to me it was true. So he separated Cobrisha and I. And when Cobrisha come back, my eyes wide open now. It's not the yeah. same way. You exactly. Just that's how it is now, Barbara. When you coach me enough with my brother, when he come back, you you have mentored me enough. Now I see. I got it. Oh no, Mm-mm. I got it. It's tough. Love is ready to step in. Yes. yes. That's why when I hit the tree, see, I hadn't hit the tree when I met you in Walmart. Mm-hmm. I'm no, slinging that walking. hair. Yeah, slinging I'm that hair. <laughs> Walking that walk and doing all of this, uh-huh. popping it, popping it, and popping it. <laughs> all that in a bag of chips. That hair hanging down, them eyes brown. Got on that skirt and dress is really popping in the heels. What you call it, Jerry? Hook a lane. What you say, Jerry? Oh, I was on hook a lane. I was on hook a lane. Ooh, they used to I was really so ready to go to the airport and perform hookers lane, baby. Hooker lane. Okay. okay let him have it. And then, and God yeah, didn't God let, he, he, he let a little while go by for hooker lane to hit a tree. Mm-hmm. And after God had I hit the tree, God sent me the barber. Oh, yeah. About a month after I hit the tree, because I was like, Lord. I told my brother, I need to find God. I really need to find him. You will know when you're ready to see God. My body, 
I said something. I just been saved. Something oh, wait a happened minute. to me, oh, Hold on, Sister Jerry. I got, I got Brother Frank right here. Hold on one minute. Hold on. Good morning, okay. Brother Frank. God bless you. How are you? I want, I want the best. Good morning to you and Sister Jerry. Good morning to y'all. I'm just, I'm just sitting here listening. But I couldn't help but you talk the puppy in the back. I know what you mean. But I, I just wanted to say something. But i let y'all continue to talk because I'm just listening. It, I, I have a little thing that I do, and I got it, and I thank God for getting it, that in the morning I ask God to increase my knowledge with him and increase my love with him. And when he does that, and if I don't went through the whole day, and no matter what went wrong, if I didn't get that, I don't lost that day. So I look for his increasing of his love and his increasing of his wisdom, which is the understanding to know that what he's telling me to do. And with that, I have patience. I pray. I practice. And most of all, I praise him. And I always, no matter what, I participate in anything that he tells me in the, his word. And I stay in it. And I always say, when someone asks me, I say, pass the peas. And when we pass the peas, we ain't going to miss what God's trying to tell us. Because I was just listening to Sister Jerry going through it. And I, I've been there, done that, and still away it works but it takes time but the process is patience prayer praise participation practice what the word of god said get at it until they get into you but most of all faith to know that god is going to take care of it as you let it because the enemy comes in all shapes and forms the ones that come with the chameleon face, and the scorpion tail. They'll fit in with you until they get a chance to strike you. And once mm-hmm. they strike you, then it's over. So yeah. it might be a family member. It might be someone you never knew or whatever. Like David was saying, I could understand if my enemy was the one doing this, but this is one who I broke bread with. This is one who lived next door to me. This is the one who held do I trust it did me. What I'm saying is, in so many words, everyone doesn't have a backstage pass to your future when you accept the Lord in your life. And no matter how it may be, and if they're dropping off, it'll be just like barnacles dropping off a ship. Because when the ship first go into the ocean, it's smooth sailing because it has no barnacles. But it picks up barnacles over the years. That's when you have to go to the shipyard and be cleaned off again because what barnacles does slows the ship down. It can't do what it was performed to do. God put us here for his pleasure, not ours, but his. This is a temporary scene here, but it's a permanent scene with God. And right there in the Bible, when the rich man and the poor man, and he saw Abraham on one more, and he said, what good is it for me to go back when you got some money right there with them they're not listening to? 
We got to listen to the word of God and continue to always know. It might look like it be, it might even be, but your current your current condition isn't your final destination. Cause if you put it in God's hand every morning, every night, you be joy in the morning, humble in the evening, because that's the day God gave you that. You didn't earn it, but you got it. So remember, love him, love him, love him, and love thy neighbor as thyself. You can't go wrong. Amen. 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 It would be your family member. It would be your children. It would be your brother, sister, your cousin, your aunt, the grandmother. It will be something close to you because, see, this is what the enemy uses. He uses the closest thing to you. Yeah, because if he uses that close thing to you, then he figured he could use that to destroy you. He come to kill, steal, and destroy. He come to aggravate, oh, harass you. Make you forget about your walk with God. Make you forget the word of God. Make you forget to pray when something happens. That's his job. And he's one that stays on his job. Yes, he does. Oh, yeah, but if we carry everything to God in prayer. The songwriter said, what a friend we have. Amen. Amen. All our and and Sister Barbara, when things was rough for me on Saturday, the one that I love the most, I usually call for everything. Somehow or another, the devil deterred my mind on on just what had happened. He showed me the worst thing had happened. The worst. I couldn't think. The driver couldn't get me to stop quick enough for me to see what's going on. I couldn't think to call Baba. And then I told God the next day, I said, God, why didn't I call Sister Bob? I called her for everything. We would have went in prayer. God says, I already knew what you was going through. Sister Baba was wondering, where was your phone call? Because you call every day, Jerry. I said, Lord, no matter what goes on again, I'll call. Because I call when all I want to do is talk and get instructions from the Lord. And I know it be instructions from the Lord. But when I needed to call you the most, that grandbaby, and that showed me I'm putting that grandbaby before everything and everybody. Amen. That's a sin. That's a sin. Amen. Well, look here, Brother Frank showed out in just a few seconds. It didn't take him very long, just a few short minutes. I thank you, Jesus. Brother Anthony said good morning, everybody. God bless you today. And uh, uh, see good on morning, me. Brother Anthony. And he said, everyone have a blessed morning and a blessed rest of your day. And uh, uh, Sister Sion and Buddy, I, I got to read a uh your gift uh, to her this morning because they just released it to me this morning. So as soon as I saw they had released it, I released it to her. And so we thank God. But yeah, Brother Frank showed out right quick this day. Oh, I love him. I love him. I well, love Brother, him. Frank, <laughs> Brother Frank is the man. He's the man. Wisdom, 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 wisdom. Hallelujah. This is what God gives. He gives wisdom. Hallelujah. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jesus. 
and we are grateful unto Almighty God. Sister Rita said good morning all and bless you all. Yeah, we thank God today. We have uh, four minutes left. And uh, Brother Anthony, were you going to say something? Because we will stretch it now. We'll stretch it if you got something you want to say this morning. <laughs> yeah, we will go on for a while. Hallelujah. So we're grateful again unto Almighty God this day for all he has done. And salvation is an inside job. Yes, it is. Hallelujah. Good morning, Brother Anthony. God bless you this morning. How are you? Hello. Can you hear me? Hey. Yes, we can hear good you now. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. And good morning, yes. you, Sister Barbara. Oh, first of all, God, thanks for waking me up this morning. I thank you for a life after screen, keeping my right mind, allowing me to see another day I've never seen before. Thank you for the activity of my limbs. I thank you for what he's doing in me and who he is to me and in my life. And just all, oh, I just thank God for, you know, Fellowship, being able to come together this morning, you know, and, and encouraging each and everyone, you know, through God and, you know, God put people in place at the right time for everything to, you know, encourage one another, you know, sister in Christ, brother in Christ, you know, but we all can learn from each other, you know, the things that we had that would go through in the past and, you know, even at my age, you know, I'm younger than uh, a lot of people up here, but, you know, I, I I spoke at times myself, you know, and, you know, just, just God let me know, you know, that the continue to press and scribe and seek his face, you know, when I have the temptations, and even though if I might fall, you know, that I got to get up and keep pressing on, don't give up, you know, so. No, I just thank God for that and the word and you know, just try to I try to stay focused and keep my mind on other things and you know, I I think about oh like Sister Jerry said, you know, people that I had in my life, friends and stuff, but you know, I got to the point I don't even wanna be bothering with them no more, you know, and I ain't gonna say just me, but you know, that's just just God convicted me because, you know, if I stay around the people then I'm in I might be influenced to do some things I don't need to do so. You know, I just try to stay focused and, you know, keep people that I know they're scribing to do the right thing in my life. So, you know, I thank God for that and just this ministry and, you know, the people he placed in my life. And I'll do a little roll call I got right fast. I'll good morning to you, Miss Barbara, Sister uh, Jerry. I'll say good morning to Brother Frank, uh, Brother Louis, uh I'll see Sister Fion, Sister Samoa, uh, Apostle Boatwright, good morning to you. Say good morning to uh, Mike Hawks, Ms. Kim Hawks, good morning to you. Say good morning to uh, Sister Rita, good morning to you. Uh, see who else? Uh, Brother Perry, Brother uh, Hamilton, uh, let's see who else I got on my mind. Uh, Sister Alexis. That's all I can think of right now. Well, good morning, everybody. And again, oh, Sister Angela Foot and Sister Anna Lee Foot, good morning to you as well. And everybody, if I forgot you, I'll try to get you next time around. But, you know, we just thank God. And, you know, y'all continue to keep me in y'all prayers. I keep y'all in mind. Oh, Brother Calvin, Brother Calvin, good morning to y'all. Brother Jermaine, just kind of my mind, you know. And Brother oh, D, Brother think- D. 
I see you showing out uh, right after that. I see you showing out. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just, I just thank God because, you know, I just made my day. You know, I could be going through something when I get up here and, you know, just hearing us come together and have fellowship, you know, and then Sister Jerry be cutting up. So, you know, I'll be about tickled in here laughing. I know the people be like, what is he in that truck laughing about? So, you know, it just, it just helped me get through my day. So, that's yes. the best. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I, I just thank God. I thank God this morning. And uh, uh, Brother uh, Mike Hawks and uh, Brother, uh, oh, it's so many. It's so many. Uh, uh, my boy called me. And last night, Sister Angela Foot called me. And I called got disconnected. And I couldn't get back to her. And she didn't call me back. But we were in a good conversation. And uh, I just thank God. And she said, uh, Mama, Sister Adelie Foot coming to visit her for Thanksgiving. And her sister coming. She so excited. And uh, so she called me and talked to me, gave me a wonderful testimony. And uh, we just thank God. Yeah, uh, Sister <laughs> Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And so I'm just thankful until the Lord all he's doing for us to come down and have some good laughs and nobody Wait, say that again. I'm, I'm putting Jerry. you all on mute. I'm putting you all okay. on mute because I got to go to therapy, but I'm going to continue to listen. Okay, okay. All right, Sister Jerry. Yeah, we, we come together for some good laughs, and we come together for some good times, and to hear that word, and to learn to obey it, and to remember God throughout our day, and we're just unto him. Yeah, he love us. He love us, and he does so much for us, and we're thankful unto him. We're grateful unto him. And we're growing. And see, let me tell you, you know when wisdom is kicking in. You know when you're growing, when you can admit. I know, too, God is growing her more and more. Because there's a, there's a special calling on her life. That's why all the all elementary school badness. <laughs> I have to laugh when it comes to that Jerry. I was telling a friend of hers yesterday, I said, oh, I know where Jerry is since elementary school. I said, that Jerry is something else. He said, yes, she is. But she's real wise. She's real smart. She knows a lot of things. And uh, she's had a lot of things done and helped a lot of people. I said, yes, yes, I will agree 100%. So God is just blessing us, and each one of us have our place. And please don't feel like um, you can't say something. When 9 a.m. come in the studio, it's open. Press that number one if you have something to say and come in. Yeah, because we'll make time. We'll make time. And time is not going to run like that, that we can't make time that can come in. Hallelujah. We we four minutes over this morning. Yeah, we four minutes over. See, and that's not bad at all. I don't like to, you know, and I pay blog talk, but either way it go, we thank God that we can. And we give him glory. So listen, I'm going to pray out this morning. We'll have our last song of the morning. And we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Look, y'all pray for Mr. Brian for me. Pray that God will give him a transfer. I will talk to the uh, classification officer for him today. And we praying for a transfer for him. And that God will spare his life because he's, 
He's trying. I'm doing the best I can as God leading God to work with him so that he can stay with the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this day. Father, we thank you for the gathering here of, of the brothers and the sisters. Father, we thank you for all you've done here this morning for clarity. Thank you for Brother, for brother Frank and thank you for Sister Jerry and Brother Anthony calling in. We thank you this morning. We give you glory, honor, and praise for all your people today. Bless us, Lord, in a mighty way this day. You know what we're standing in need of, and you're a supplier of need according to your riches and glory, like Christ Jesus. And Father, bless our going out, bless our coming in. Have your way in our lives and strengthen us today as you have your way in our lives. Help us to keep our mind on you today. For if we'll keep our mind on you, you'll keep us in perfect peace. Help us to continue to seek you, to seek your kingdom and your righteousness. In the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning, Father. We give you glory. We give you the honor and praise of none like you. And we ask all of this today in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus with somebody. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, November the 2nd, 2021, in Jesus' name. And let's get prepared for Thanksgiving. I'm ready for groceries. <laughs> I am ready for turkey and dressing and stuffing. A cranberry and whatever else comes with that. I can't wait. Can't eat a lot, but I can taste this year. And so I'm thankful unto the Lord. All right, Brother Cal, this one goes out to you this morning. We're going to bring the whole hood with us, Calvin. Little small house, big family Seven kids and I'm the baby But I'm grown now And I'm like, praise the Lord Cause everything I've been praying for Is finally knocking on my door And it's so, so loud And I'm gonna take it Ooh. I told y'all I'm gonna make it And when I
But I'm gone, I'm gone, and I'm gonna take it. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com